الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام مكما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وعن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اعطيت امتي خمس خصال لم تعطهن امه قبلهم الى اخر الحديث وكما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected ulama ikram, brothers, friends and elders in Islam. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having given us this opportunity of witnessing this Mubarak blessed month of Ramadan once again. This is a great ni'mah and great favor from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has afforded us an opportunity again to see this Mubarak month. So we can prove ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person can do more ibadah, it can become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two sahabi, two sahaba radiallahu anhum passed away. One passed away as a shaheed, a martyr in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all know the value of dying and sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that before his blood even touches the ground, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all his sins. Even if they are major sins, Allah forgives them. So this is the value of a shaheed. So one sahabi passed away as a shaheed in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other passed, passed away a year later. Somebody seen in his dream and related to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the one who passed away a year later entered Jannah before the one who became a shaheed. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa remarked, there's nothing strange about this. Has not the one who passed away later performed 6,000 odd rakats more of salah than the person who passed away before? Has he not fasted an extra month of the month of Ramadan that deserves him to enter Jannah even before the shaheed? So really we do not know the value of the good that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with. That is why Rasulullah Rasulullah and mentioned the hadith that, that the best person is the one that he has a long life and together with that his a'mal are all good. So good a'mal with a long life is a blessing from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us see many more Ramadans to come with afia, with good health so that we can worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we, sh- we can put our heads down in sujood in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can fast for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nonetheless, how can we improve? Sometimes if we keep in the virtues of the fast in our mind, inshallah, then a person will fast more enthusiastically, a person will have more desire to fast, and he will enjoy the fast also. One is a person who is doing the actions of sharia, he's performing salah, he's giving his zakat, but he's just giving it as routine. How can we break ourselves away from that routine? How can we improve the quality of the fast? Is keep the virtues of, of the action in mind. Just like how salah is a great action of sharia, if we have the virtues in our mind of salah, then a person will want to perform salah. In a similar way, siyam, Som is one of the great actions of sharia, one of the pillars of Islam. Nabi Islam has mentioned five pillars of Islam, one of them siyam, Som. So this great pillar of Islam, how can we value it even more, is look at the hadith of Rasulullah and understand what is the value of Som in the light of the hadith. Nabi Islam has mentioned one hadith, Abu radiallahu anhu narrates that my ummah has been given five favors that no other ummah has given before them in the month of Ramadan. The first thing is, 
smell emanating from the mouth of a fasting person is even more fragrant to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then the smell of musk. We all know the value of real musk. You can contact the people who sell the pure musk and you will see that the price of even a small kotatola, a small bottle of musk is very, very expensive. So the smell emanating from the fast of a mouth, from the mouth of a fasting person is more valued in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, more fragrant in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the smell of musk. We all love a good smell. We all love a good smell. So that smell coming out from the stomach of a person who is hungry, there is a smell that emanates from the stomach towards the latter part of the day after after or whatever it is. There is a certain smell comes out from his stomach. That smell, because it is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, person is remaining hungry for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah values that more, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards it more than the smell of musk. Ulama mentioned that there are more than eight meanings for interpreting this statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One is that when a person on the day of Qiyamah, when he is rewarded, for that smell, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him the reward of that musk. Will give him the reward of that musk. Allah will replace it with musk of Jannah for him. This is the zahir and the apparent meaning of the hadith. Another meaning which is given, and all this, what I'm saying, is mentioned by our ulama, is just a mudhakara and reminder of ourselves. A person can open fadail amal open the section of fadail Ramadan, and read the same things there. The second interpretation that ulama give for this statement of Rasulullah wasallam is that on the day of Qiyamah, when he wakes up, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him such a smell emanating from his mouth and body that will be even better than the smell of mouth. And the third meaning, as the Shaykh Manana Muhammad Zakaria rahmatullahi mentions, then he prefers this meaning. He says that in this very world, that bad odor that emanates from the mouth of a fasting person is even more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than must, literally. He takes it in a literal meaning. Sometimes you have a close person, a person who is close to you. And that close person, because you love him so much, him or her so much, even maybe a small defective smell coming from that is not, is tolerated by you, is accepted by you. Why? Because that person is beloved to you. So in a similar manner, this person becomes so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for fulfilling the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even that bad smell emanating from the stomach and mouth of that person is not tolerated by Allah, is loved by Allah so much that it is loved more than the smell of mass. So just imagine, this is the first thing, that when we are fasting, Keep this in mind, that that smell coming out from the mouth is more beloved to a smell of musk. The second mentioned that وَتَسْتَغْفِرُ لَهُمُ الْحِيطَانِ حَتَّى يُفْطِرُ That the fish in the ocean continue making dua maghfirah, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you until you break your fast. That person who is fasting, Allah makes his creation in the servitude and service of this insan who is fasting. He is fasting for my sake, now you make dua maghfirah to him, ask Ask me to forgive him. So all the ocean, imagine how many fish in the oceans of the world. More than even the creations above the earth is the creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept in the ocean. Scientists up to now do not even know the amount of fish, the amount of creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created in the ocean. So all these fish in the ocean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them into our service. They now begin asking Allah to forgive us. In fact, another hadith mentions that Hamalatul Arf, the malaika that hold the arf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are eight of them in the shape of mountain goats, huge to the shoulder of one of them is a distance of 500 years. Their duty during the year is to make tasbih, to make tahmeed, to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the month of Ramadan comes and dawns, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them, you stop all your dhikr now and you ask forgiveness for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa who is fasting. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting his other makhluk into our service by making istighfar for us. 
So this is the second favor that we are receiving daily for fasting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thirdly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decorates Jannah every day. Kulla yawmin, every day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is decorating Jannah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and addresses Jannah and says that yushiku ibadi as-salihun ayyulku al-ma'una. That my servants, my pious servants, very soon they will leave, leave the toils of this world and they will come into you. So every day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is decorating Jannah for us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing Jannah and saying that a time is coming very soon when my servants will leave this world, this short life of this world and they will enter into you. So every day this is happening for us. Fourthly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chains maradatu shayateen, the rebellious shayateen. So these shayateen have been chained for us in this month. That is why we find evil is diminished so much. Person, people leave out sin, especially in the month of Ramadan, they have TVs, TVs all closed, cover, put in a cupboard closed, all the sin and evil is left out. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that we can leave out this evil for the rest of our lives, not only for the month of Ramadan. Let this be a starting point for us to take out evil from our lives. So maradatu shayateen, the shayateen are chained up. Now there's difference of opinion amongst ulama as to how can there still be sin if shayateen is chained up. So some explanations given by ulama is that number one, that only the rebellious shayateen are chained up. As we say, the big shayateen. There are still others which are roaming around and can influence people. But the effect is not so great as those rebellious and those strong shayateen. So that is why we find some people still doing evil. Because of the effect of these lesser shayateen. The other opinion is, and this is very easy to understand, is that a person has been for the 11 months of his life continuously committing sin. Now it has become his habit. When the month of Ramadan comes, for him to stop that sin immediately becomes difficult. Because it's part of his second nature, his nature. Now, he continues with that sin even when it is the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. There is a curse of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa rather a curse of Jibreel and Amin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to a person who lets the month of Ramadan come and pass and he is not forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us part of those people. So this is another favor from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that shaitan is chained up. So evil is still being committed. One is because of the habits. And the other is because of the heart become totally sealed. A hadith mentions when a person commits an evil, commits a sin, then a black dot forms on his heart. And he commits another sin, then that black dot begins to increase. And then a time comes when he continues that sin or any sin, and his heart becomes now totally covered covered in black. And the Quran mentions, There is a rust that forms over the heart because of what they earn. Now, when any advice is meted, sent out to him, when someone speaks to him about Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that heart which is totally rust, rusted and blackened and blocked, now that advice and that hidayat cannot enter into that heart. That is why even in the month of Ramadan, a person does not benefit. He continues his evil life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So one of the great favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that shaitan is chained up. So for a person to change his life in this month becomes very, very easy. He does not need very, very strong willpower to leave out his sin. It becomes very easy for him to leave out some evil. Because of the environment also, people worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the masjid are full. So that is why a person is drawn towards the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the fifth favor mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi for those who are fasting, only the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi no other ummah, is that on the last night of Ramadan, they are forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whom were astonished. They thought that perhaps this was the, the night of Qadr. They asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Rasulullah, is this the night of Qadr that we are all being forgi- forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa says no. It is not the night of Qadr. Not the duty of the employer or the one who 
gives someone a, gives someone a duty, gives him a task, that he gives him his full payment after fulfilling that task. So we as the, after completing 30 days of fast, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the last night of Ramadan will forgive us. For what reason? Because we have fulfilled our duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The night of Qadr, Laylatul Qadr is something totally separate from this. And the rewards of that are tremendous and immense. So these are the five favors that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants and bestows the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Each one of us every day of the month of Ramadan or rather for the month of Ramadan. One is that the smell emanating from the mouth is more beloved to Allah than the smell of musk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts His creation into our service. They begin to make dua, maghfirah, ask Allah to forgive us. Allah decorates Jannah every day and says to Jannah that a time is coming when the believers, the pious people will enter. And then shaitan is chained up and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives each one of us at the end of Ramadan. So keeping these five favors in mind, then inshallah a person will want to fast. It will be enjoyable for him to fast. Now he knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving me these things that I must fast, I will receive these rewards by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then also, ulama mentioned, mashayikh mentioned, that to improve our fast, to improve the quality of our fast, there are six things we should do. Six things we should refrain from, we should implement in our life. One is that protection of the eye, especially when we are fasting. We are in ibadah, protection of the eyes. Do not look towards anything which is haram. Do not look towards anything which is haram. We know what type of a country we are living in, what type of a time we are in, where shamelessness is promoted to such an extent, that the woman lay any clothing. So protection of the eyes is very important for each one of us. Protect the eyes. One is do not see evil. This is there. The other is do not put your eyes to those places which will take your concentration away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not look to the places of evil which will make you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if it's not evil, don't look at that place in that direction which will take your mind away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So protection of the eyes. The second thing is protection of the ears. Do not listen or rather protection of the tongue. First the protection of the eyes, then the protection of the tongue. Save yourself from all types of lies, backbiting, speaking of evil, arguments. Person sometimes is fasting is hungry. They say a hungry man is an angry man. Now when he is a little bit hungry, he becomes angry for small things. Save yourself from any type of arguments. If someone starts and begins a fight with you, then say I am fasting. If he is a person who is reasonable, who is understand, understanding, who can understand, then say, brother, I am fasting and leave it there. He will understand that this person is fasting and I should drop my argument. If the person who you are speaking with, he is not an understanding person, he is going to continue fasting, then say, I am fasting and remind yourself that you are fasting. I should not get involved in these types of arguments and fighting. This will diminish the reward of my fasting. So save your tongue from all types of evil, whether it is backbiting. This is very common, that fasting person is fasting, he has nothing to do. He does not want to recite Quran, he does not want to make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now he needs to while away, waste away his time, make it finished so that the iftar can come quickly. So he sits with few friends and he begins to talk and begins to talk about every person and the evil of all people. And in this way he eats up all the rewards of his all the reward of his fast rather. Takes away all the reward of his fast and he replaces it with sin. Two women in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa were fasting and they were about to, to die because of starvation. Sahaba brought this to the notice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up to him what is the real situation. He says, go give them two bowls and, and let them vomit into these bowls. Sahaba did not understand. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, no, give them these bowls and, and let them vomit. Vomit. Then they vomited in pieces of flesh and blood came into these boats. So Rasulullah said they stayed away from the halal and they engaged themselves in the haram. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put them into this situation. Ulama mentioned from this we can understand also that a person who protects himself from evil, he saves himself from evil, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the fast easy for him. Even though maybe he has not taken much for Syria and Iftar, but the fast will become very easy for that person who stays away from evil. And that person who involved himself in evil, 
whether it be backbiting, evil of the eye, tongue, ears, whatever it may be, then the, he will feel it. Even though maybe it's a short pass, it will be difficult for him, he will feel it. So keep the tongue away from all types of evil, backbiting. This is a very, very major sin which many, unfortunately, even pious people are involved in. Speaking about ill of others. Speaking about the ills of the Muslim brother. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in, in the Quran, this is eating the flesh of your Muslim brother. And literally we see from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Nabi sallam passed by a group of people and he says to them, pick your teeth. So they say, we have not taken, we have not eaten meat to pick our teeth. They say, no, pick your teeth because you have eaten the flesh of your Muslim brother. You have been backbiting. So protection of the tongue will make the fasting easy for us also. Another thing to be concerned about is protection of the ears, not listening to any haram. One is... Obviously we know music totally haram and there are books written on music also a very beautiful book for our youngsters is The Music Made Me Do It. It is a very very eye opening book we can read inshallah to see the harms of music even from the side not the Islamic perspective also from the side of science and how music has a very very evil effect on our souls. So one is listening to music totally impermissible in Sharia. The other is listening to backbiting, listening to arguments as we said speaking about it backbiting itself and listening to backbiting also is haram. So keep our ears away from all evil. And the fourth thing is, ulama say me, keeping the rest of the body away from evil. So one is the, 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 the eyes, the ears, the tongue, and the entire body, keeping it away from evil. Do not put your hands towards evil. Do not walk towards evil. Don't think about evil also. Fifthly, ulama mentioned that after fasting for the entire day, do not fill your bellies at the time of iftar. Unfortunately, we find that most of us are involved in this. That we have fasted the entire day, and now when it comes to time of iftar, then we fill our bellies to such an extent that it becomes discomfortable. Discomfort. We feel discomfort in our... And person does not even feel like waking up and going for the Isha and Tarawih Salah. So the whole objective, Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah mentions the entire objective of fasting is to uh, gain control of the carnal self. Is to gain control of never be done without keeping the body in hunger. And this is the objective of fasting, to keep the body hungry so that we can get control ourselves, so that we can develop taqwa. Allah mentions the objective of fasting is taqwa. And taqwa will be attained by decreasing our food intake. So at the time of iftar, eat. But do not eat so much that we fill our bellies, then now the food is coming right to our throat. Rabbi Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned in one hadith that inna shaytana yajri min al-insani majra dam. Shaitan flows in the body like how blood flows. And ulama explained, thereafter that, so stop his flowing, curtail him, cut him off by keeping the body hungry. So when a person remains hungry, then this stops the flow of shaitan in the body. He is not able to influence a person to do evil. So the entire object of fasting is to get control of our nafs. And how will a person do this is by keeping himself hungry. Do not eat so much. We're not saying don't eat. We're all insan and the, 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 the level of our, our iman and our, the strength of our bodies is not like that of those pious people before. We cannot tolerate uh, starvation to the extent that they tolerate it. So we're not advocating that a person doesn't eat. Yes, eat, no problem. Eat to your stomach full and not more than that. In fact, the correct way of eating according to the hadith is to eat one third. One third of the stomach for food, one third for drink, one third for air. So that a person's body is healthy. If a person eats in this way, the true sunnah of Rasulullah then let alone being healthy, he will not even get sick. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to practice on the sunnah of Rasulullah So the fifth thing mentioned is that a person should decrease his food intake. If we analyze sometimes, if we look at our uh, timetable in the month of Ramadan, our eating schedule in the month of Ramadan, we will find that we are eating even more in the month of Ramadan than out of the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. It, iftar, a person eats, he fills his belly. Then he goes home, he eats again. Then he comes for tarawih, salah. After that he goes home, he has some snack again. Middle of the night he's eating again. Sehri is eating again. 
So if you look at it, add that all up, we will find that he's eating more in the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. This is the fifth thing that ulama mentioned, that we should, uh, request is made inshallah, the brothers should come forward, those who are outside, they need some place to come inside, so fill in all the gaps inshallah, come forward inshallah a little bit. Make place for your, the brothers in the back inshallah. Allah reward you all. A little bit of harakah and movement inshallah, come forward and then we'll make some space for those who are outside. So this is the fifth thing. And the, the sixth thing that ulama mentioned is that, that a person should keep his attention towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He should keep his attention. He is fasting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He should keep his attention towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while fasting. Inshallah, if we do this, the quality of our fast will be increased greatly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward us. Uh, the sixth thing also, part of it is mentioned, 